Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 20... <laughs> nope. <laughs> Welcome to episode 48 of Outspoken. <clears throat> I'm going on my mustache to be like oh, one of those mustaches from like the 80s, like the porn stars. Because um, that's what my next career is turning into after I'm done with it. Once my mustache is grown out, I'm, I'm done with YouTube and everything. Just to let you know. I'll be getting into different types of acting, okay? Um, hey, welcome to episode 48 of Outspoken. Got some great stuff for you today. Today, I want to make you mad like I always do. I'm just joking. But today on Twitter, there was some interesting stuff. So I want to talk about JK Rowling. JK Rowling, I don't really know which way to say her name. And after that, I have a few LGBTQ stories as always. And just a couple of random things that I thought about that I want to talk about with you today. So uh, let's start off the day strong. Don't look at my room. Okay, my room is an absolute mess. I'm, I've been kind of living out of a suitcase. I'm traveling soon. So like I have different piles of clothes in different sections for what I'm taking to where I'm going because I like to half-ass everything when I do it. All right, are you sick of hearing about JK Rowling yet? It's been like years. I think I made just a couple of videos about her, maybe a podcast or something. But it's she doesn't stop talking about trans people and it's so... <laughs> it's fucking... It's... It's... I... I she... Mm -hmm. And that's all I have to say about her today so what happened was if you don't know i'm gonna read you all of her tweets okay and also what i don't really understand about jk rowling is she always talks about trans people and talks down about them and it's her bio on twitter literally says writer sometimes known as robert galbraith galbraith i don't know how to say that that's her pen name so uh that's a lot of transphobia coming from someone who is pretending to be a man like me are you trying to be me a pretend fake man. If you want to be us, you can just fucking say it. You don't have to hide behind a pen name. All right, it's 2021. You can transition now if you want to. Anyways, I told her to get a grip on Twitter. Because <laughs> this lady needs to get a fucking grip. <laughs> she, all right. Um, no, in all honesty, people, apparently this is what happened. There was three protesters who were trans activists who were outside of her house, basically, like protesting her and... It was deemed that she was doxxed by these people. Now, I've read a couple of different things and a couple of different opinions, and people were saying, well, her house is like publicly known. I don't know why she's acting like she got doxxed. And then there's other people saying, well, she actually did get doxxed because the address was leaked or whatever, something like that. We're, we're just going to sit here and say doxxing is bad, obviously. We can all agree. I think that every sane person is going to agree, yes, doxxing is bad. I, I, it's not a good thing it happens to the worst of people and it happens to the best of people sometimes it happens and it's really fucked up and it is very unsafe and nobody deserves that of course nobody deserves that you know even someone who has shitty opinions like this so what people like to do then when a situation like this comes up people like to uh group trans activists or trans people as one and blame every single one of us for this happening right because all of us did this those three people was actually all of us it was like a fucking um what are those things that they used back in the war the fake horse a trojan horse anyways moral of the story doxing is messed up so i'm gonna read you these tweets okay 
This is what J.K. Rowling said about it. Last Friday, my family's address was posted on Twitter by three activist actors who took pictures of themselves in front of our house, carefully positioning themselves to ensure that our address was visible. I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who reported the image to Twitter support. Your kindness and decency made all the differences to my family and me. I'd also like to thank Police Scotland for their support and assistance in this matter. I implore those people who retweeted the image with the address still visible, even when they did so in con condemnation of these people's actions, to delete it. Over the last few years, I've watched, appalled, as women like Alison Bailey, Raquel Sanchez, Marion Miller, Rosie Duffield, Joanna, Cherry, Julie, Bindle, I don't know, it's a bunch of names, and many, many others, including women who have no public profile, but who have contacted me to relate their experiences, have been subject to campaigns of intimidation which range from being hounded on social media, the targeting of their employers, all the way up to doxing and direct threats of violence, including our word. None of these women are protected in the way I am. They and their families have been put into a state of fear and distress for no other reason than they refuse to uncritically accept that the socio-political concept of gender identity should replace that of sex. I have to assume that, and then she puts three ads, these are the people who went to her house, they're all deleted now, thought that doxing me would intimidate me out of speaking up for women's sex-based rights. They should have reflected on the fact that I've now received so many death threats I could paper the house with them, and I haven't stopped speaking out. Perhaps, and I'm just throwing this out there, the best way to prove your movement isn't a threat to women is to stop stalking, harassing, and threatening us. Okay, and that's the end of the tweet thread. See, this could have been... This could have been a fine fine thread. Like, you know, this is fucked up, and don't talk to me, and you all suck. The thing is, the tweet that I have a problem with, and you're all gonna know it, of course, is, um, you know, I, I guess these people that she have she's listed also have the same opinions that she does about uh transgender people specifically trans women she doesn't talk about like trans men or anything like that she's always focused on trans women she's hyper focused on trans women because she thinks they're big bad people who just want to go in and use the locker rooms and be weird that's like the epitome of everything that i've picked up from jk rowling and it's it's so it is so exhausting to hear the same thing over and over again so the sentence here they and their families have been put into a state of fear and distress for no other reason than that they refuse to uncritically accept that the socio-political concept of gender identity should replace that of sex first of all what the fuck are you saying <laughs> uh I cannot stress this enough, and I've already stressed this enough in my JK Rowling videos, sex and gender are different. This is like something that has been established so long ago, and I don't understand why people can't grasp the, grasp the concept of that idea. Sex is what you're born with, what you're born as. So you're a male, you're born a male, everything is male, the chromosomes and all that stuff. Or you're born a female, same deal, right? Gender, gender can go hand in hand with your sex, right? Gender was created by society, gender identity, the way that you are socialized into the world. That's gender. There's gender roles for each male and female, but they don't always go hand in hand because they were created by society. JK Rowling always takes this straw man and she loves to defeat it. And her followers love the same exact thing and they all do the same exact thing. Now, this is just going to... Obviously, this makes the trans community look worse because, you know, all of us collectively, like I already said, all of us collectively always agree on everything. So they probably think that we all think her getting docs is a really good thing um, because that's just what these people do. They have little minds and they're just on Twitter all day uh, like me. If you're living in fear and distress for your opinions, shouldn't you kind of take a look at your opinions? Like, 
if people really didn't like me for my opinions, I would reflect back on those. I really would because I'm like, wow, everyone's kind of being an asshole to me for thinking the way that I do. What would cause that? I don't know. Maybe because it's a shitty opinion. Like, it's a very simple fucking concept. Trans women aren't big bad demons who are coming to ruin your safe spaces. They are just regular people, just like I am. I'm not trying to go in men's spaces and fucking, uh, what would I do? I don't know. Pee in their toilets? Pee in their urinals, even? Ooh, that's scary. And the thing with these situations is like, let's say one trans person did something bad. That doesn't make every trans person bad. That doesn't mean all of them have the same intentions. You can't just put us all in a bucket and think that we're all gonna do the same thing. Trans women are in women's spaces because that's where they belong. Same for trans men. If I walked into the bathroom or a locker room or something that's strictly for women, they would be like, what the fuck are you doing? And you need to leave. So it's just like, I just, it's just, I can't wrap my head around why she's so obsessed with trans people. I've read her essay. I've read everything. You guys remember the essay? I've read her tweets. And I'm not the type of person who sits here and calls a million people transphobic. I don't like to throw that word around. It's not nice to throw around. But people, like, you can say you're not transphobic and still be transphobic. Same with every other thing, like racism and stuff like that, or sexism and stuff like that. And just because she says that trans people are good or something, or that she knows trans people, doesn't mean that she's not transphobic. I've been friends with people who said that they were totally cool with me, that went behind my back and talked shit about me specifically because I was trans, like something about me being trans. So they can pretend all they want to my face, you know? Anecdotal, but fine, same with hers. And it's like, you can pretend, or you can think that you're not transphobic, but if you're going behind my back and then making fun of me for being trans, I would say that's a little transphobic. You don't like trans people for some reason, you're making fun of them. You think they're weird. I'd say that's fear, even, because you don't really know much about it, so you gotta make fun of it, right? Because it makes you feel better. And it's just so tiring, honestly. It's so, but you're gonna have these people who don't want you to have rights and don't want you to be in spaces that you belong in and just paint you out to be a horrible person that you aren't. And, you know, when you have as big of a platform as she does, that's dangerous. We just had Trans Day of Remembrance, and 2021 was the the year with the most deaths of trans people. Like I said, people get killed because they are trans. They get harassed. All these bad things happen to them because they are trans. Like, we are just trying to live here in this space with you, and you hate us because we're different than you. And it's like, can you please find a hobby other than talking about us on Twitter every day? It is exhausting. And I'm not talking about J.K. Rowling. I'm talking about anyone on Twitter. There are people out there who specifically look to harass trans people. It is insane. I would know. And being a celebrity or being someone with a platform, you're going to get death threats. Like I've gotten death threats myself. I've gotten horrible comments written to me as well. And um, I feel like that comes with the territory. It's really fucked up that that comes with the territory, but it does because people will hate you. There are people out there. There's got to be at least one person out there who hates me enough that if they saw me in person. They would punch me directly in the face. And this whole conversation just brings me back to her old original tweets and her essay and people who say that she isn't transphobic. And I know the majority of you agree with me because you listen to my podcast. So I assume that we have some similarities and opinions. But, uh, you know, her her original tweet that she talked about before and I've discussed was the one that says, 
If sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. Like, to me, this is just such a straw man fucking tweet, and I've already talked about it, but I wanted to remind you of it because it's like, nobody's erasing the concept of sex, and I this is a consistent, ongoing conversation, and we're not trying to eliminate sex because if we did, that wouldn't even make any sense because then I wouldn't exist. <laughs> like, the reason that I exist is because of sex. Both versions, okay? <laughs> we know sex and gender are different. We know nobody's trying to erase sex a couple of excerpts from her essay as well because people love to say that her essay was beautifully written and all this stuff but if you really read it it is it is hot garbage it is sad and bad and I, let me read this to you for a second okay as a trans person i'm just going to read this and give you my interpretation the writings of young trans men reveal a group of notably sensitive and clear people the more of their accounts of gender dysphoria i've read with their insightful description of anxiety, disassociation, eating disorders, self-harm, and self-hatred, the more I've wondered whether, if I'd been born 30 years later, I too might have tried to transition. The allure of escaping womanhood would have been huge. I struggled with severe OCD as a teenager. If I'd find community and sympathy online that I couldn't find in my immediate environment, I believe I could have been persuaded to turn myself into the son my father had openly said he'd have preferred. That paragraph right there just makes me not want to read any more of the essay especially when I first read it. The fact that she also mentions how some people with gender dysphoria can also struggle with other things, it makes it seem like it's a whole giant mental health thing and that they're confused. That's just what it sounds like to me. And the the point that I really, really fucking despise here is her saying if she had been born 30 years later, um, she would have tried to escape womanhood too. That is not why we transition at all. Like... That, I didn't even think about that at all. That's not, I was like, I want to escape womanhood. What the fuck does that even mean? Why would I, I, that's, this perpetuates the idea that trans men are just misogynistic and they don't like themselves because they are women. And that is, that could not be more wrong at all. I transitioned because I felt like this for a very long time. I have gender dysphoria. So I had to transition or I was going to go insane. We don't transition to escape womanhood. That would be, if I wasn't trans, I would have loved to be a woman. <laughs> like, I wouldn't mind being a woman. But unfortunately, I have gender dysphoria. And I had to do a couple of things about it. Like, I don't really know what you want me to say. And it's just like, when people always bring up the idea that she's not transphobic, it's like, I could just read that. I don't even have to see anything else. I could just read that. And I'd be like, yeah, this woman is fucking stupid. A lot of transphobic people use that rhetoric and they always say like, you know, tra trans men just transition because they were ashamed of being a woman and being in society and like taking on that role and stuff. And it's like, no, no, that's not what it was at all. Ask my fucking therapist. Ask my therapist, please. And another section of her essay I want to share with you is when she says, but as many women have said to me before, woman is not a costume. Woman is not an idea in a man's head. I don't even want to continue reading the rest. These two sentences, literally one of those sentences would tell me that she's transphobic. No, woman is, is not an idea in a man's head. It's not. And it's not a costume. That's not what trans is. People aren't dressing up as, as a, a woman or a man. It's not a costume. That is literally the most like, that is the most heartless thing you could ever say about a trans person. Because to me, this is saying she thinks that trans women are in costumes. And that it's just an idea in a man's head. You know, he thinks he's a woman type of thing. Woman is not a pink brain. 
a liking for Jimmy Choo's or any of the other sexist ideas now somehow touted as progressive. Moreover, the inclusive language that calls female people menstruators and people with vulvas strikes many women as dehumanizing and demeaning. I understand why trans activists consider this language to be appropriate and kind, but for those of us who have had degrading slurs spat at us by violent men, it's not neutral. It's hostile and alienating. I mean, I'm not a woman. I can't really speak on that terminology. I don't know if that offends any women listening. Like if someone calls you a menstruator um, or something like that. I just, what, on what occasion also would you be called like a menstruator? <laughs> like <laughs> at the doctor's office? Could I have all the menstruators go to one side? On what occasion would, is that language actually used? It's just sentences like these that make me believe that she does not like trans people. Anyways, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because I saw it on my timeline, figured I would update you guys if you didn't see it, because I'm the source for all of your trans news. No, but uh, this shit is just irritating. I just wish she would stop talking about trans people altogether. It makes the world a more dangerous place for trans people, especially, you know, perpetuating false ideas. It's not, it is beneficial to nobody. It makes other people live in fear, and then it makes transgender people live in fear. I just don't know why she won't shut up about trans people. I don't really know. If you're living in fear because of your opinions, you should reconsider your opinions. Try living in fear for being who you are instead. See how much scarier that is for something you can't help, unlike an opinion that you can't help and educate yourself on. Imagine having to live in fear every day when you go outside. All right, let's move on to these LGBTQ stories. I'm excited for these. So, uh, here we go. I had top surgery on November 11th, and it went great. I had a little pain and slept pretty much the whole day. Day two, I woke up with pain, but it went away with pain meds. Then it came to then it came to milk my drain tubes. If you guys don't know when you have top surgery tubes, you have to like push the stuff down in like this tube because there's just like excess liquid or whatever. Um, trigger warning, there's going to be mentions of blood. So if you don't like that, whoops, I already said the word. If you don't want to hear about it in detail, you should probably skip ahead like a minute or two. But uh, yeah, so I took my zip up jacket off and the left side of my binder was covered in blood. My aunt and I started freaking out. I took the binder off like my surgeon told me to, and more blood came dripping out. It was pooling up where the drain entered my skin. I called my surgeon and was met with a voicemail, so he rushed to the ER. I get there, and the front desk lady asks me why I'm there. I told her I had a double mastectomy and my drain wasn't draining properly. She asked me why I, as a man, had a double mastectomy. I don't know, lady. Do the math. It's 2021. Meanwhile, I'm gushing blood onto the waiting room floor, and my aunt is trying to explain to her that I am transgender. I go back to a room, and they start pulling on my drains, which hurts like hell. I literally passed out from the pain. I woke up a few minutes later as I felt them putting some sort of very strong painkiller through my IV. They did a bunch of tests and basically told me they couldn't help me because it's very bad to touch another surgeon's work. So I'm like, okay, that's great. We go back home. I'm still bleeding, and my surgeon finally calls me back. He explained to me that the side of my chest probably just experienced more trauma and surgery, so there was more fluid and to sleep with a towel, and it should fix itself by the morning. Today I woke up and my surgeon was right. The bleeding had stopped. My chest still looks really good and I can't wait for the full reveal next week since I still have bandages. Rip to my $50 Nike sweatpants that are now covered in blood though. Yeah, rip to those Nike sweatpants and to your fucking mental health for that. <laughs> this sounds like exactly what happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I really hope that you're doing good now because this was on November 11th, so it's been a couple of weeks. I hope that you're good, dude, because that is terrifying, okay? This is something that like I've heard a couple of stories about. I thought I was the only one. Um, It's a very rare story 
worry though. If you're getting top surgery, don't 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 let it scare you. It's a very very rare occurrence. But sometimes these types of things happen with surgery, I guess. My favorite part of this story is when you rush to the ER gushing in blood and the, all they cared about was why you had to have a double mastectomy. It kills me every time. I was asked that question like five times in the hospital by five different people. They would be so confused. It's like, why did you, why did you get that done? And I was like, I don't. I'm I'm bleeding out. I just really don't care to answer your fucking question. Please just shut the fuck up. Like why why are you asking a patient that anyways? Why would you ever ask somebody why they had surgery? <laughs> like also also cis men get that surgery too. Cis men can have their chest reduced because sometimes it can be a little big. There's like a condition for that. I forget what it's called. But it's like why why is that your main concern when I'm when there's blood like on the floor and it's like dripping and I have like a soaked towel? Like why 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 would you care about that? Yeah, that is, <laughs> the, the story like this is fucking terrifying, but it's it's such a good, funny story to look back on, especially the hospital experience. Yeah, I hope you're good, dude. I hope that your surgery is healing well, and uh, to anybody else who's getting top surgery out there, don't, don't, don't be terrified. Don't be terrified. You'll be fine. Will you? Are you going to join the funny story club? I don't know. I guess you'll see. <laughs> This next story says, I have anxiety and I've struggled quite, quite badly with it for a few years, but especially since COVID hit. Because of this, I've gotten very attached to a teacher at my school who helps me out when I get panicked or I just need someone to talk to. I know to him I might be just another student. I like to tell myself I'm special though. But he is someone who has become incredibly important in my life, which is why I was so worried about telling him that I am gay. I knew logically that he wouldn't care and I didn't have to worry, but that was only based off of him as a person, as LGBT stuff is not a topic that had come up before, so I had no idea what his take would be, and I was really scared he would surprise me and decide that he hated me or didn't want to help me anymore, etc. I've known I'm a lesbian for a really long time, but I kept it to myself, so he was the first person I really considered telling. Except my therapist, who encouraged me to tell my parents, I chose my teacher instead. Sorry, mom. I've never been more nervous. I told him I wanted to tell him something, but I got a bit funny about being sat there, so he went for a walk instead, around the school, and after a couple of minutes of walking, I told him. I kind of blurted it all out and then started crying. He just looked at me, smiled, and said, I thought you were going to tell me that at some point. He was so, so kind about it and thanked me for telling him. And we spoke about my parents and whether they would be okay with it. And he was really amazing about everything. In hindsight, I made it way more dramatic than it needed to be, but I honestly cannot express how grateful I am for him. I need to know if this teacher is an English teacher because I have a strong feeling he's an English teacher. Because English teachers are always the good ones. Sometimes teachers feel like they're family, which is a really good thing, you know, because you can talk to them about some stuff and get different opinions about stuff from like another parental figure or whatever just another adult in your life other than your parents especially if you're scared to say something to your parents um it's great that you would have a teacher or a guidance counselor that you could actually go to so i really hope that everybody out there has like that one cool teacher because that makes school a hundred times better too this last story says so i'm an mtf trans woman and i came out to my family in 2016 my family all had different reactions, and some supported me, while some didn't. One of the people I was surprised that didn't support me was my sister. We'd been very close for much of my life, so her response was the most hurtful to me. Back then, at first she told me she was okay with it, and we acted like we normally did, and we hung out. But then, things changed a couple of weeks later. She started to distance herself from me, and then eventually told me she didn't want me around her kids because I would confuse them. She told me she didn't agree with what I was doing to my body, HRT, and didn't want to talk to me anymore. We didn't talk for years, other than one time when she messaged me about our mom sending stuff and helped me out during the beginning of the pandemic back in early 2020. But just yesterday, she sent me a text. 
I won't write it all on here, but it said that she'd had a conversation with a very close friend and wanted to apologize. She said she used to be scared that God would punish her if she strayed away from Christian values, but now she believes that she would accept her kids if they ever came out as LGBTQ. She said she's going to try to use my pronouns and name and teach them to her kids too. I'm glad to hear she's making progress, but at the same time, I can't help but feel wary and unsure about if things can ever go back to us talking and hanging out like we used to. It's been five years now and I felt very hurt when I found out the person that I thought was going to be my most supportive of my transition was the least. We haven't talked in so long that when she sent me this text, I was so surprised and unsure of what I should do or say. I still don't, to be honest. Like I said, I'm happy to hear that she's making an effort to be more open-minded and accepts me now, but I can't get rid of the pain that five years of losing my closest friend and family member did to me. I'm not sure if I can accept the apology or start talking to her like we did before I started transition. I'd really like to hear what you and any commenters think if you do decide to share this story. Am I in the wrong for still being wary and not knowing if I can accept her apology? How would anyone else reply to such a sudden text and change of heart? I'd really like to hear other people's opinions. So for my honest opinion, this is a hard question to ask me <laughs> because I, I've been in situations like this too. You know, people have, people leave your life and then they want to come back because they thought they were wrong or whatever. It's, you know, what happens sometimes even when you're not trans. And for this specific situation, I think it's a really brave and courageous thing to admit when you're wrong. That's not easy for a lot of people. So it shows a lot of growth on her side, even though it's been five years. That is a very long time, but it does show growth over those five years. But this is all in your court now. Like you, you can absolutely feel the hurt that you have felt forever. Like you have permission to do that. You can feel that forever. You know, that might not go away. It might go away. It all depends on what you do with that hurt and that pain. So it's like, you can, you can give her another chance and you can try to repair the relationship from, you know, what happened, but five years is a long time. And it is a very, you know, you're, you're probably two pretty different people now. And I don't think that you're wrong at all for still being wary and not thinking that you can accept her apology because it's a it's like a, a very overdue apology, right? It's been a long time. And that first initial response uh, when you come out and, you know, thinking someone's going to accept you and they don't, that is a that hits hard. That hurts. That's not easy. That's a lot of damage done to you right there. And even, you know, the years prior um, and having to heal from that stuff. But it's like, on the other hand, this person has shown growth, like I said, and it takes a lot to admit when you're wrong and actually be like, hey, um, I've, I've learned a lot and uh, I was wrong for what I said back then. And basically, will you give me another chance? For me personally, I'm not easy on forgiving. It's very hard for me to forgive when somebody hurts me. So I don't even know what I would do in this situation because if the person meant a lot to me, I'm trying to think of what I would do, like what I would actually do. It's like, that's a really, really tough, that's a fucking tough situation. I'm not going to lie. It takes a lot for me to forgive somebody and I'm sure it will for you as well. You can always hear out what she has to say and you can always see what it's like and if it's just not working out and you can't get along and you can't forget about you know the pain that she caused you then then you know that's that or you can just absolutely not give her that option at all it's it's really what you feel what that you want to do you should take you should take a little bit to think about it too you don't have to make a decision right away and like get back to her right away about it you can you should definitely take time to process it i'm sure you have since you sent this email it's like you you were 
betrayed essentially and that is a terrible feeling so i don't blame you at all take your time and think about it and i'm sure people probably have really good comments as well if you guys have written any and uh, hopefully what i said helped a little bit hopefully didn't confuse you <clears throat> a little bit more i'm very good at confusing people so if i did you're very welcome <laughs> but yeah uh that is that's everything that i have for today and with that being said, if any of you want to send any of your LGBTQ stories, you can send them to outspokensam at gmail.com. And I might read one of them at the end of an episode. So I love all you guys. I will see you next week with a new video. And if you're one of those Americans, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Do you do that? I don't know. All right, I'm going to go now.